0: Well, hello everybody. Uh, Before we get started, how about I read two, I said two, five-star reviews from iTunes or the podcast. I'm not calling it the podcast app. I refuse. I've talked about that before. (laughs) It's iTunes. That's what you said it when I... I'm calling it iTunes. Uh, These are two five-star reviews. The first one comes from Sierra0113 from November 10th, 2020 uh the headline is wonderful five stars i just started listening recently and i love the podcast so much that i'm actually going back and listening to previous episodes highly entertaining and i find myself smiling while listening come to ky kentucky so i can see a show please absolutely and that was weird how i chose which words to emphasize (laughs) come to ky kentucky so i can come see a show please that's not how she wrote it this person is not insane um, thank you very much for the review, and I would love to come to Kentucky. There's many places I want to perform in Kentucky. Actually, just one, Louisville. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say Memphis, and I realized that's Tennessee. There's only one place. Well, what about Knoxville? They got stuff. Maybe Knoxville, too. All right, two places. Uh, the other five-star review came the next day, November 11th, from Bexter Jean. Amazing. Five stars. I love listening to your podcasts. I suffer from anxiety. In parentheses, they write, I know, like everyone these days. But yeah, that and I have PTSD as well. Yay me! Okay, not making this about me. My point is, I listen to you all the time, and it helps get me out of my head. I listen to you while I'm driving, or working, or anytime I'm having a hard time. So thank you for being so awesome. Please come back to Michigan. Thank you so much. Uh, Sir, you suffer from PTSD and anxiety, and I'm glad... My nasally voice helps get you out of that Uh, And yeah, I want to come to Michigan I want to go back to uh, There's that comedy club outside of Detroit Um, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle In Oak Oak Damn it, I forgot the neighborhood See, I'm out of the business For like six months Or however long this pandemic is And I've forgotten venues Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Royal Oak, Michigan There it is uh, especially other parts of Michigan like Ann Arbor where the big house is Kalamazoo I performed at the college there that's where Tim Allen sold cocaine before uh, becoming the tool man there's history in Michigan uh, also I am I, I, fascinated by the city of Detroit um, those are the two reviews if you'd like your review read aloud Before the start of the program, uh, then go to iTunes, or the podcast app, and leave a five-star review and a comment, and I'll read it right here. Even if you read a crappy, or if you leave a crappy review, I'll still read it, but don't, you know? You listen this far, you might as well support me, so leave a five-star review. Uh, Other than that, um the uh the the latest special that I released that was actually recorded many moons ago. Dancing with Drunks is doing well. We're at a hundred and thirteen thousand views after it's been up for two weeks and we've raised I, I believe thirteen hundred dollars, maybe a little more than thirteen hundred dollars for toys for tots. Our goal is five grand and we have a little more than a month to get there and I know we can do it. Uh, so go to go to YouTube, go watch the special, go donate. Uh, Modern Mail, of course, is still up there. Killing it. 1.6 million views. That is is—that uh, is very exciting. Um, also, I put up a vlog from my travels in Wisconsin, which I'll be talking about here as well. Uh, but go check out the vlog. And go subscribe on YouTube. If you're wondering how to support me, you go to YouTube and you hit uh subscribe that helps a million if you want to help two million uh join the page it's like youtube's version of patreon there's three tiers you can get in on a buck 99 4.99 and 9.99 a month uh each one has different uh perks go check them out or just subscribe it helps okay 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 hit the music yeah, this We are here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan, episode 311, coming at you on a beautiful November afternoon. November 18th, 335 p.m. I've had 7,407 steps on the old Fitbit, and guess what? I hurt my foot. I went for a jog, which you're not supposed to. Stop running. How many articles have been made about how bad running is for you? Apparently running will kill you. Except for all the old people I see that still jog. You know who I'm talking about? These old people with leathery skin out there with little bitty shorts on even in the winter. Even in the rough San Diego winter when it dips into the 60s. Maybe the high 50s. They're still out there in their little shorts and their thin legs. With their leathery-looking skin, and they're still jogging. But somehow, me at 33, I went for a run last night. Made it all of—I'm uh, gonna lie to you and tell you it was a four-mile run. That's how far I went. I ran three of it. Um, but I hurt like this outside part of my foot. This—I don't have health insurance, so this is how I have to like get aware, raise awareness for my injuries. I uh, the outside rim of my foot hurts incredibly i hurt it last night running it was first my ankle kind of like the back of the ankle towards the achilles tendon was hurting and i ran through it because i'm a toughy you know i don't you know i don't like to promote it but i'm kind of a badass so (laughs) i uh it, it was i messed my ankle up but i ran through it and i finished it and then went to emma's we went for a walk And then this morning I woke up and the outer rim of my foot hurts like someone beat it with a sledgehammer. And I walked a little today and it sucks. I'm definitely not running tonight. Don't run, everybody. Get an elliptical. Get one of those straps that goes around your waist so you can get abs. It just jiggles your gut while you watch TV. Get one of those. Do not run. Uh, Anyway, oh, before we get really cooking, I want to do the thing that I do. I want to say a special thank you to the people that help make, uh, you know, they support me. Not just by subscribing on YouTube, but they are part of my channel, meaning they pay a monthly membership fee to help me out. Um... And I want to give a shout-out. This is one of the perks of being at the cat person level, $9.99 a month, along with a weekly live that we do on Mondays, which is pretty exciting. Uh, uh, here's a special shout-out. Linda Roberts, Laura Nystrom, Stephanie M., Julia Vina, Isadon, Ellen Chestnut, Renee Spaulding, R.C. Woodshop, Craig Rappaport, Judy Dean, Marilyn Rx, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson Annette, uh, Mary garrison Quay, uh, Sarasanto. Alan Nugent, Laura Hornstrud, Danny Cox, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for supporting. Uh, If you want to support, go to YouTube, subscribe, and look into being a member by clicking the join button. Okay, that's enough promoting. I did it in the beginning, but now I'm doing it again. It's over, all right? We have a life to lead, and uh, we got stuff to do. The last time I did a podcast was in Wisconsin. I was performing in Appleton during the election. Well, the election happened Tuesday, but this year's election uh, went on for days. They're still counting votes, but they have a president. They've picked Joe Biden. Uh, our votes have picked him. And uh, I was, when I did the podcast, they hadn't officially named him. They were still counting all the mail in votes, and he was picking up uh, ground in all the battleground states with all the mail in votes. And. Uh, yeah, since then, it's been, we, I don't know, I I wasn't the only one, but I think everyone thought there was going to be a civil war, and thankfully it hasn't happened, and I think if it would have, it would have happened already. I always, like, that's the thing with, like, these, uh, these outrageous ideas that we're going to go to war with ourselves. I always forget that at the core, we're still Americans. And Americans, by nature, are more talk than action. I'm definitely that way. I have a million ideas. I've executed like two of those ideas. I talk a lot. I sit on this couch and I talk a lot about things I want to do, things I will do if certain things happen. And I probably do 1.5% of those things. And I forgot that I'm a great representative of America and Americans, And we're all the same way. So all the people that are like, man, if if this person doesn't win, we're hitting the streets. We're going to make a change. There's going to be a civil war. You have to remember that a lot of people are lip service, thankfully. I'm I'm saying that as a positive. That's a great thing about us. Because you know what? Lazy people don't hurt people. Active people hurt people. Busy bodies hurt people. People with ADD hurt people. Lazy people don't hurt people because that's more effort than we're willing to put forward. But we will tweet about it. And I I think that's good. That's why I think Twitter is a positive. You You get things off your chest to strangers without going out in the streets and punching a stranger. Which, what's better than that? I'm starting to think maybe Mr. Rogers had his hand in Twitter and social media. It's a way to go into a room and yell without hurting anyone's ears and without punching someone in the face. It's a wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, the, uh, performing in Wisconsin was weird. We had five shows, low turnouts. Uh, it was Thursday was, like, as, I don't know if you saw in the travel vlog that I did, but Thursday night we probably had, I think we counted as 23 people on Thursday night And there was a Packers game, the election was going on, there's a pandemic, and an impending civil war. So the joke I made, I was like, well, this audience in front of me was pretty much like the people on the Titanic that stopped to listen to the violin player before going into the lifeboats. That's essentially what they were. And um, it was a fun weekend. It was fun to do stand-up, but also it was just weird. I just felt... I think everyone was as tense as I was I think every audience member that I performed in front of Stared at a map of the United States For as long as I had Watching the counts, doing the counts, blah 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 Flipping channels, what's this channel saying What's that channel saying, what do I tweet, who's reading It was nonsense and I think everyone was stressed out And then uh, the one show that I really enjoyed Was Saturday Night Late Show That one made me feel amazing, and it kind of brought the whole weekend around. And there was an audience member in that show that drove from Arkansas. Twelve hours to come to my show in Wisconsin, in Appleton. And I was thinking about it, going back to the low ticket sales. You know, I could sit here and blame it on the Packers game for Thursday, the election and the pandemic and the impending Civil War for all the other things. But truth be told, the last time I was in Appleton... 2 years ago or a year and a half ago ticket sales ticket sales weren't that strong then either. I I had more people I shouldn't say that. I had It was weird. I had four people drive very far to come see me in Appleton. The young lady from Wisconsin or from Arkansas being the furthest away. She drove 12 hours to come see my show. I had Two more people drive from uh, St. Louis, which is like, I think they said four or five hours. And then another couple people drove from uh, Minnesota, which they said was about five hours. So I was like, that's crazy that I can't sell tickets in Appleton. But I can sell tickets to a show in Appleton from people in states far away. I don't know what that means. If I had a tour manager... We'd run some analytics and understand what the hell that even means, but that's not in the budget, alright? I spent all my budget on that. And for the people on podcast land, I am pointing to a portrait of my face, which I actually didn't pay for, but it worked for the joke right there. Um, it's good time in Wisconsin, weird time. I, I got my COVID results, they took forever to come back. No COVID, which is good made me feel positive about myself. It made me positive about being negative. Nothing will make you feel positive like testing negative for COVID. Who am I? These are like dad jokes I'm dropping. I I, I need four kids. I need four children. And the only thing I have is a sleeping Jessica behind me. I don't know if... That right there? That's Jessica. She has passed out. And if you hear some snores, that is her coming at you. But... I don't know. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of stuff about the election, and I know I'm way too optimistic. I'm going to put that out first. I've been optimistic my whole life. It's how I've been raised, all right? My mom always just taught me, no matter what bad thing would happen, she would find, like, the one positive thing and, like, harp on that. She'd go, that's good. Or the hope of something positive. She would harp on that and go, that's good, Right? And I'd be like, no, the world's on fire. And she's like, no, this one thing's really good. And I actually think this Biden victory is a way for us to come together. Not because of Biden being who he is, just that now both sides of the aisle have felt victory and defeat. In the last four years, the people that voted for the winner this year feel the way trump voters felt in 16. pure joy and yay this is great and the sadness that now biden voters felt in 16 now feel the joy that trump voters felt in six does that make sense my point is in four years both sides of the political aisle in america have felt joy and defeat and that means that we can come together Even now, even now, no matter who you voted for in this last election, whether you voted for Trump or Biden, whatever side of the political aisle you're on, you're still sitting on the couch going, I can't believe 70 million of my countrymen voted for that moron. Because that's how many votes they got. One got 70-something million, the other got 70-something more million. We're split. But that's something to come together on, isn't it? That we're both feeling the same feelings, right? It's like your right leg and your left leg, you need both of them to walk unless you're a hell of a good hopper. So you might as well, you know, we don't have to agree but we can agree to disagree to move forward. Is that too positive? I think I've been sipping too much coffee but I'm coming off very like uh... Tony Robbins, Robbins? You know what I'm talking about? That big mongoloid on Netflix? He had all those cassettes in the nineties motivating people to start their uh their Avon business or whatever it was back in the nineties. Um, I don't know. I just really think like all this could bring us together. And I I really thought Biden wasn't gonna win just I don't know, just out of not being optimistic, I guess. And I thought Bernie Sanders or one of the other Democrats would have a better chance. But I I misunderstood the fact that Biden's whole race was just about being bland. Which is what we need in politics. I mean, so many people have tweeted, like, make politics boring again. And I'm for that. I just tweeted now, and I I believe this, like, if, if Joe Biden was a color... He'd be the color that like hotels pick to paint their rooms. Like it's nothing remarkable. It's nothing you'll remember. It's nothing you'll Instagram or take a photo of. But it's also something that won't keep you up at night. And I, I guess if 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 uh, if you're a big Trump fan, maybe a Biden victory would keep you up at night. But I, I'm gonna take a wild guess. Uh, I think for America, it would just make people go. Meh, I guess. Like I was listening to a news piece where they followed uh, some militia members around in Virginia, and they went to different polling places, and I really liked the, the piece, because they humanized people, you know, when you look at people just by their labels, it just, they just seem incorrigible, and unlikable, and just purely the enemy, but then when you start talking, and you hear them talk about everyday things, and mundane things, and then you see, or hear them interact with people that don't have the same point of view when you see that they're humans it 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 uh i don't know it just kind of it gives hope it gives hope i know that's too positive maybe i'm being too positive we still we have two vaccines no one's got any of them but i feel i feel like there's hope for us to come together i don't know this is uh both sides have felt the same thing and I think there's an opportunity. I think the' I've, I learned two things from this election. First thing I learned is how incredibly unlikable Hillary Clinton was. like if she would have just played it more boring and less dirty if like people didn't find out that she screwed Bernie Sanders out of the uh Democratic nomination and all the other stuff that came out about her i I incredibly unlikable, and Joe Biden just came in off color. You know, off white. That's how he came in. Whatever color hotels pick their rooms to be. Eggshell? What's like a bland color? Just that. Whitish gray. He came in as that, and I guess more people were like, I guess that. I guess that. The way I voted was like, who would I rather have be my neighbor? Which one of these people will <laughs> won't keep me up at night? Because I feel like one of them is going to be yelling in all caps at four in the morning, and I'd rather not have that. So, there it is. But my whole message is, we can come together. Politicians are supposed to fight. We're not supposed to divide amongst ourselves. We're just the everyman, you know. We're just a bunch of schmucks trying to enjoy our lives until it's over. Let's not waste any time hating each other because we voted for one guy or the other also my big hope is that with this Biden victory uh, we can go back to can we make fun of the president again without it being a political statement I miss that I grew up on that I grew up on uh, like Jay Leno and David Letterman I would stay up when I was in the fifth grade and the sixth grade and I would watch the, t- the late shows And back then it was Clinton, and they were both making fun of him because he was always cheating on his wife. And, you know, and they would have all those jokes about him. And it wasn't like a political statement. They were just making fun of him because he was a dirtbag to his wife. And then Bush came along after that, and they made fun of him because he, like, choked on a pretzel. I don't know if you remember that. And then, wasn't there, like, a time where he couldn't spell potato, like, in front of a classroom or something? Which... Neither can I, but no, I guess I'm also not the president. Um, but also, when they made fun of Bush, it didn't... Maybe I was wrong, maybe I was too young at the time, but it didn't feel like political statements. It just felt like comedy, you know? And then Obama came by, and I think maybe with Obama it got tricky because he was he was black, African-American, you know. If you make fun of him, is it, is it like a racial thing? But he had stuff he could make fun of that had nothing to do with the race. He had big ears. He had that weird cadence, that way he speaks. And then Trump came along, and I feel like Trump was the first time where it was like, if you made fun of a president, it wasn't comedy, it was a political statement. Which is a real shame because visually, Trump is the easiest target for jokes since, I don't know, George Washington? Like, just looking at Trump, from his hair to his complexion, to his just body language... If you've ever seen him dance, like, easily, the most easy president to poke fun at from just a visual standpoint, not even policy or the things he tweets or the things he says. thats a whole other compartment of things to poke fun at. But just straight visually, easiest president to make fun of since Washington, I think. And, and that guy had a powdered wig and wooden teeth and a triangle hat. This guy was easier to make fun of, but if you made fun of Trump, it was somehow a political statement instead of just comedy. And for years, we've had to hear, you know, S- stay out of politics, stick to comedy, stay out of politics. And I was like, well, maybe politics should stay out of everything else. Because it's, if we make politics boring again, then, you know, there's only going to be like two comics that do political jokes anyway. Back in the 90s, it was Dennis Miller. And I don't think anyone really understood what he was saying. I think they just said they were Dennis Miller fans for the same reason that some people listen to classical music in the car. They just want the people in the car next to them to think they're educated. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong. Once again, I'm just a guy with a painting of my face over my shoulder. But yeah, I would love it if politics stayed out of everything else. Because during the Trump administration if I made fun of football now it's a political statement because Kaepernick and Trump took thing in that and then I remember earlier this year I made fun of uh, there's a political talk show host Ben Shapiro who broke down the lyrics of Cardi B's WAP and I made fun of him in the way he broke it down because he sounded nerdy and dorky which I thought was funny so I made fun of that and then I got responses that said stay out of politics and I'm like he's He's not. He's talking about music. I'm making fun of him breaking down lyrics. I don't know. It just... We're blending the two worlds. Politics used to be this boring thing where in the 90s, comedians with fluffy mullets and sports coats used to poke fun at while America nodded along pretending to understand. And somewhere along the lines in the last few years, sports, entertainment, politics, music, pop culture, all kind of blended into one. So for them to say, stay away from politics, you're pretty much telling me to s- s- stay away from everything. Like wh- What's left to make fun of? Butter? You can't make fun of butter. That's the liberal agenda, trying to make us eat margarine. Or whatever. Is margarine even around anymore? I don't know. <laughs> That's a liberal agenda, to try to stuff coconut oil down our babies' throats. I- whatever. I'm for just... You can make fun of things without it having... Uh, That it meaning you're on a certain side. I don't know. I had that back and forth with someone on Twitter. Someone's like, well, are you going to make Joe Biden jokes? Sure. Yeah. He's going to be a little harder to poke fun at because I don't know if he's going to tweet all the time at four in the morning in all caps. You know? I don't know if he's going to have a press conference in front of a Four Seasons landscaping company instead of the actual Four Seasons. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to bring in Kanye West into the Oval Office for a meeting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have a reality show where he pretends he runs a fake corporation. I don't know. If his taxes come out and I find out that I've paid more in taxes than Joe Biden, yeah, I'll make fun of him. Why? Because he makes more money than I do. I. It's, yeah, let's go back to making fun of the president. Without it being a political statement. Because it's not. It's just the highest power. It's the highest office in our country. And we poke fun of that person. That's what we do. That's how this country got started. Wasn't it? Not the top reason. But like after like freedom of religion and freedom. Like it was down there. It was somewhere in there. I think in the United Kingdom back in the day. You couldn't make fun of the Queen. They'd put you in one of the, the... the thing with the where your head's through a hole and your arms are there and people stare at you. They'd put you in one of those if you made fun of the queen and queen and her wrinkly face. So we came to the we came to start America where we can make fun of the president. And I think it would be very patriotic, and I think it would be very American of us to go back to that. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's uh, it's my two cents. Anyway, what other good stuff happened? Oh, I got my, uh, this is exciting. Let me pull this up. Um, I got my first quasi-death threat, which I've been waiting for for years. Let me pull it up here. Um, it's very exciting for me. Uh, da, da, da. Hang tight. Well, I, yeah, I should have had this up already. I get it. But I didn't. So, here we are. It was while... I actually got this while I was in um, in Appleton. I think I woke... Yeah, November 7th, 2020. This guy sent this to me at 7 a.m. Uh, this guy... I got... Yeah, I got my first death threat. Well, quasi-death threat. It's not really a death threat. It kind of... It, he, he hoped that my body was found in a ditch. I don't know if that's a death threat... Or just, I hope you die. Which, whatever. Um, this dude, Joe Wilson. I Also, I don't know if I'm supposed to give out his name and his picture, but I'm gonna. I, I don't know. Uh, this dude, I woke up to this message. He says, you should stay out of American things and America. I hope to read about your body found in a ditch one day. And then that was it. That was the whole message. And this is the part I don't like. He blocked me. So I couldn't even respond. Like, don't you want to hear my response after you wished me death? What if, like, you know, we could keep it going and you could send a few more barbs my way? I don't get it. I had a few ways I wanted to respond. Genuinely, the way I I initially wanted to respond was go, hey, are you in Appleton? Because if you came out to my show and I said something that bothered you, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be funny uh and do you want to go to have lunch that would have been my first response to this guy because i bet you if we sat down for lunch had a beer i don't think i mean i don't know i shouldn't be arrogant enough to assume this but i would like to think that afterwards he wouldn't be like you know yeah you know what you're all right thanks for picking up lunch but i still want to see your body in a ditch one day i think he might backtrack on that or he sent this out of, uh, you know, he was drunk and he sent something. Which, who hasn't been drunk at 7 a.m. and sent a quasi-death threat to a stranger via Facebook Messenger? I mean, what world are we living in where you haven't done that? If you haven't done that at least once, you haven't lived, buddy. Alright? I don't want to hear about your war stories. You haven't lived life. Um, that was one of the responses I wanted to send. I wanted to just invite him uh, to lunch so we could, you know, bury the hatchet, leave with a high five... Or a socially distanced high-five and go about our day. The other one I wanted to respond with was I wanted to Photoshop a fake news article. And it says uh, Zoltan Kass's body found in a ditch. And then in the article part it says uh, the coroner has found out that uh, Zoltan's body was found in a ditch. He apparently died of exhaustion from banging Joe Wilson's mother. I I would have loved to have sent that mainly because I like art projects, and I it would give me a reason to like uh, take a YouTube course on Photoshop, and then I could like build the article and it would you know give me something to do while I was on the road in Wisconsin stuck in a hotel room, at least give me a Photoshop job to do, and then I could have sent that to him. And I think one or two things if I had sent that to him. It would have made him either extra mad or would have made him smile. And he would have been like, ah, you're all right. Which is all I could ever want. Um, But anyway, if anyone knows Joe Wilson, if anyone knows this guy or has a way to contact him, let him know I, uh, I said sorry. I don't know what I did to make him so upset. I don't know what staying out of American things means. Does that mean staying away from politics? I don't know. I don't know what I did. Maybe I, I I didn't trash football. I don't I don't know. I uh, I like cowboys, not the football team, but like actual cowboys, westerns. I'm into them. Who hasn't watched Shane and enjoyed themselves? Great western, by the way. Go watch that. But uh, yeah, tell him I said hello. And uh, I don't know where he lives. I'm assuming he lives in Wisconsin, but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, tell him, uh, lunch on me. We can hang out, I, th- I, th- I think. And that's two good things. One, either I'll change his perspective on wanting to find my body in a ditch. Or two, it gives him the perfect opportunity to put my body in a ditch. Which, hey, if I- I'd rather not die at 33, but I've done enough. I've, you know, what else am I supposed to do? I got, I have, uh, I have two specials on YouTube that people seem to have enjoyed. You know, I got a couple albums out. Uh, I've been married and divorced. I got a chubby cat that I treat like a daughter. I've lived a full life. I mean, I'd rather not you take me out. But, you know, if you had to. Like, if someone put a gun to my head and be like, what else do you have left to accomplish? I'd be like, I... I mean, there's a lot left to accomplish. But if the question is, will I accomplish those, I can't just look you in the eye and be honest and go, absolutely. I think I could win this guy over. I take it as a personal challenge. I could win Joe Wilson over. Two beers. At the very least, not win him over fully. I'm not saying we're going to be best friends and sending each other Christmas cards and high-fiving each other all the time. I'm just mean like... Like, he'll be like, I don't want your body in a ditch. Or if your body is in a ditch, I hope it's a nice ditch. I hope it's on a major freeway where it will be found easily. And then we can erect some kind of monument in memorializing your body in the ditch. I hope there's more death threats. I kind of do, because death threats mean, like, you're getting more well-known. That's the kind of way I take it, you know? Like, there's a few things in the entertainment business that lets you know your stock is rising like one of the things like once you get the blue check mark on twitter or instagram which i don't have that that's like a level right and then there's like the level of like uh when famous people start following you like uh um jim gaffigan followed me on twitter which is like my proudest moment on social media so that's pretty neat he has the blue check mark and he's one of the funniest people on the planet um and then death threats right blue check mark uh getting notoriety famous people following you on social media and death threats that means you're like your stock is rising so thank you joe wilson and please don't send him anything mean just you know just tell him i said hello that would actually be funny if someone actually knows this guy and <laughs> they're just like hey joe Uh, I heard from Zoltan. He just wanted to let you know that he says hello. And then tell him about the idea about the fake article where I died of exhaustion from banging his mom. I think he'd get a crack out of it. I think he'd smile. I think he'd get a chuck. A little chuckle. A little how-do-you-do out of it. I believe. I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic. Maybe I'm reading people wrong. Maybe this guy, maybe that would send him over the edge and he buys a one-way ticket to San Diego with just a tank of gasoline and a hatchet and then he shows up at my studio apartment to take me out I don't know then I'm gonna have to devise like a home alone escape situation where like I have to set up that painting of my face like in another part of my studio so he thinks I'm over there and then I can dive out of the bathroom window with Jesse Cat under my arm we gotta hightail it sweetheart we got a lunatic on our heels Boy. What else did I have? Death Threat. Oh, Harry Styles wore a dress. Uh, I can't believe that's news. In 2020, (laughs) Harry Styles, a very prominent musician, uh, did a photo shoot for Vogue, I believe, where he wore different dresses. And people on Twitter reacted according to their social beliefs. No one crossed any party lines. Uh, Candace Owens, uh, Ben Shapiro said it's killing masculinity meanwhile other people said this is great and my opinion is this has been done i don't I, like that's crazy that in 2020 a guy wearing a dress is groundbreaking news like did every like i don't know man i grew up in an era where my favorite basketball player wore a wedding dress to a book signing I grew up a giant fan of the Chicago Bulls when I was in the third grade. I was nine years old. My favorite player was Dennis Rodman, mainly because I was somewhat realistic, and I knew if I was on a basketball team, which I was, I was on a rec league team, I'm not going to be the number one scorer. I'm not going to be the number two scorer, but maybe I can grab some rebounds and play some defense. So I idolized Dennis Rodman. I thought he was great. He was like all about team basketball. And then he released a uh, he released an autobiography, As Bad As I Want To Be, and he showed up, I think in New York City, wearing a full-on wedding dress. F- he was in full-on everything. In 1996, that's how long ago it was. When you read the date out like that, that makes it seem like your grandparents weren't even alive then. That's how old that seems. Well, he wore a wedding dress then, as a professional athlete. In 1996, here we are in 2020, and Harry Styles wears a dress, which I'm for. That's cool. Wear what you want. Wear what makes you feel good. Where to stand out. So people talk about the article. That's great. But then these people come in and go, it's like, the it's another sign of the death of masculinity. Is masculinity dying? I don't know. What's masculinity? How about that? What era had the ideal masculinity? It's 2020 now. So if you go back 100 years to 1920, I'm sure... Masculinity in 1920 and 2020, vastly different. And maybe some people go, that's what masculinity is, 1920. Well, what about 1820? Back then, they didn't even have cars. They were all riding horse and buggy, doing a bunch of stuff, farming. And then now you're into 2020, everyone's over there sending like the, what are those? The do 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 Like the, remember the 1920s text text message? (laughs) Where I think all you could text with was like SOS or something. Uh, my point is masculinity evolves it changes over time people men the general men in the 1920s people from 100 years before that would have thought they were pussies and here we are in 2020 and everyone thinks masculinity is dying it's just changing because the world's changing you know dynamics are changing sexual gender the gender roles are changing like I, i do the dishes I do laundry. Why? Because I'm not outside farming or changing the oil or tending to cattle, or or uh, the, the, being a blacksmith. I don't know what were people doing back then. Those jobs aren't around. So I uh, I scrub a dish, and sometimes people wear dresses. I don't know. I, it doesn't mean you can't be what you want. Like if you want to be the ultimate manly man and and do manly things, you can do that. No one's even mad at you. If you want to wear a dress, you can do that. Life is way too short. Way too short to spend any of it doing anything that makes you that unhappy. If you're happy in a dress, put it on. If you're happy going outside and like chopping wood, go do that. Take your shirt off. Look like the brawny man. Get on Instagram. You'll get like a million followers. The point is, do you. Masculinity isn't dying. It never had an identity. It's changed constantly. And it's going to change in a hundred years from now. Who knows? Back in the 1700s, dudes wore powdered wigs. Is that more feminine or less feminine than Harry Styles wearing a dress? I don't know if I'm just sitting in a room by myself, but I think I just made a solid point. I'm also by myself. Whatever. Whatever. I think that's all I had. Uh, lobster's also overrated. <laughs> that was the last thing I wanted to say. Lobster, uh, we went out to eat, and I can't think of a more overrated menu item than uh, lobster. It's, it's not, why? Why is it on any menu? Why would anyone, it's bland. It's bland. It's everything is better than Lobster everything get a piece of salmon at least there's some flavor shrimp i'd rather have a bucket of shrimp than a thing of lobster i bought a lobster roll last night and my favorite part was the bread and it just it was butter that's all it is lobster is bland shrimp that has to be drenched in butter for it to have a flavor like it's kind of like i used to think i loved cashews until the first time i had unsalted cashews and then i realized that i just like salt I think the people that love lobster haven't come to the realization yet that they just love butter. Everything makes everything is made better with butter. You say that on the first take. Uh, I, I just it's very overrated. I feel like if you're a giant fan of lobster, have it once without butter and see if you see if you change your mind. Just say, you know, as an experiment, as a goof. Just go to a restaurant and get a lobster, it's gonna be 45 bucks. It's gonna be the same cost as a steak, even though not even close on the flavor palette. And just go, hey, can I get that lobster without butter? The waiter's eyes are gonna go, but you're gonna feel ripped off, cause he knows, that guy knows. Everyone in that restaurant knows that works there. Lobster, shouldn't even be expensive. It's a sea cockroach. It's a giant sea cockroach. People are risking their lives in uh off the coast of alaska or that's crab also overrated dungeness crab over why crab and lobster if you love that what you just haven't realized yet is you love butter which there's nothing wrong with loving butter i love butter but i can see through the 45 to 65 dollar price tag of lobster and crab and go hey, hey, hey i'll just have the butter Instead, can you get some nice a nice loaf of sourdough bread, pour some butter over it? Charge me what you will. I bet you it's still going to come out less than crab or lobster, and I'm going to leave just as happy. Just as full. Just as many carbs. Maybe. Um, I think that's the show this week. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed yourselves. I've definitely enjoyed being boisterous in front of you. Um... Subscribe on YouTube. I don't know. Follow me on all the social medias. Uh, And let's not hate each other. It's stupid. It's dumb. I voted for this guy. You voted for... It's just whatever. Comedy's comedy. Politics are politics. No one... Calm down. There's no reason. Some people love Trump. Nobody loves Joe Biden. All right? Even his wife is indifferent. We just... We just voted against the guy that yelled stuff and made it nerve-wracking to be an American for four years. That's all. That's all. We're all kind of on the same page, so chill out already. Cheers, everybody. That's the show.